from the director of the Cornetto Trilogy and an unspecified amount of Ant-Man comes the best video game themed movie since The Wizard, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. Meet the collection of late 2000s hipster cliches known as Scott Pilgrim. He's an unemployed musician who lives across the street from his parents, shops at Goodwill, is sexually ambiguous, and complains about everything. This is gonna suck. Literally everything. You know what really sucks though? What? Everything. When he meets a loose collection of quirks and hair dye known as Ramona Flowers. I change my hair every week and a half to get used to it. Scott will win her like a human sex trophy by killing people, cheating on his girlfriend, and being such an all-around D-bag. I cheated on you. I cheated on both of you. His opposite is a really nice guy. I like him there, yeah. Well, let's do it next week. Yeah, he's, he's just a really nice guy. Indulge in two hours of pure nerd wish fulfillment, where a guy with no personality, the face of a toddler, and the body of a stretched out toddler hooks up with tons of girls. That time with Lisa? That was a misunderstanding. That time with Holly? That wasn't what it looked like. That time he dumped Kim? Okay, me and Kim are all good now. Kicks Captain America's ass, makes a lesbian orgasm to death, and plays DDR with underage Asian schoolgirls who are obsessed with him. Man, no wonder the internet loves this movie. So strap in for one proto-millennial's epic journey towards maturity that ends with him finally growing up and choosing the girl he should have been with all along. Wait a minute, they didn't use that ending? They reshot it so he ends up with Ramona? Why? What was the point of it all then? Be jealous and violent and chase after a toxic relationship even when true love is staring you right in the face? Ugh. I don't get young people. Come on, you fuckers think that just because a guy reads comics he can't work for shit? I'll fucking take all you are! Welcome to this week's episode of the Funny Books and Firewater Podcast. Each week, a motley band of comic readers slash amateur bar tenders attempt to pair cocktails with comic books. All while trying to not sound like complete morons in the process. ファイアウォーターワイエレファントパーティーレイヴァダナドアステップアンゲットヘルアウトオフィスネバーダナドアステップアンゲットヘルアウトオフィスネバーダナドアステップアンゲットヘルアウトオフィスネバーダナドアステ
Welcome to episode 34 of the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. This begins our Christmas special, I guess. Um, so what we're doing this week, or this month, hi, welcome, I'm tired. Um, what we're doing this join month, the club. <laughs> doing, oh, I have, this week I, I have my own shit going on, but I have nothing to do uh, that's as horrible as uh, what Adam's dealing with. But uh, what I do have is um shit i don't even know where i'm at anymore hi how are you i got up at 3 a.m for reasons we'll describe i can describe you you win i I woke up at five however i think i kind of win because uh my husband who i love dearly Mm -hmm. um he he is working evenings tonight and so he stayed up with uh our good roommate mr maya and they were watching total divas and things when i went to bed at a you know a god fearing time of 9 30 and he decided to have a few drinks. Well, when Eddie drinks, and I love you so much, babe, trust me, uh, you like to go to bed and snore like a motherfucker. <laughs> and normally I can sleep through it, but my thing is when I know I have to be at work very, very early in the morning and people are counting on me to be there <clears throat> on time, I don't sleep well. I'm, I'm, a, yeah. I'm normally a very heavy sleeper, but at these times I'm a light sleeper. Mm-hmm. So he starts snoring like crazy, and I'm like, God damn it, it wakes me up finally get him rolled over into a position where he's no longer snoring. I'm like, yes, thank God. <laughs> then Badger starts yelping. And I'm like, oh, dear Jesus Christ. Ugh. And in the moment she goes to bed, he wakes up. Oh, it was just... So I'm on like four hours of sleep right now. Yeah, so. and that's his... I, uh... Last night, just got home from work. We went for a run, because I'm... Uh, I'm running again, kids. Uh, for those of you who actually know my personal life, I uh, I lost a lot of weight. I was probably in the best shape of my life for my wedding, and then I fell off the wagon like hardcore motherfucker. Um, and so now I'm you know trying to get back on the wagon. We've started running again. I'm losing some weight. I'm not nearly as huge as I was. It's awesome. Um, and uh, but so we went for a run. Then we got home, and Jess passed out because we had somewhere to be early this morning. And of course. I'm the same way. Like, if I have to be somewhere early, I can't sleep. So I think I've been to bed at about midnight, and about 3 o'clock in the morning, I was up and just couldn't sleep. Well, I will say one thing. See, I, I've always been fat, so it's it's fun for me to go on Facebook now and look at all my friends from high school who are now getting fat. <laughs> yeah. Because I have nowhere to go. I can only yeah. go down from here. So, actually, I pretty much cut all sugar out of my diet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's probably but, but, helping a lot with the alcohol consumption. So I was I was in pretty decent shape until my, my senior year of high school, and that's when I, I got injured. Like, I fucked up my shoulders. I was a butterflyer. Mm-hmm. And at that point in time, like... I never stopped eating the same amount of calories, but I wasn't working out all the time. And so then that like led to college with like the freshman 15 or whatever, and like I gained a bunch of weight. Well, then what ended up happening is is I had this terrible, um, uh, I had this terrible ex-girlfriend. Um, we were dating at the time, and like I, she was like literally giving me fits. I couldn't eat. I was super nervous. And so basically, like they thought I had a to- like a, a stomach tumor of some kind or whatever. I was getting like like all sorts of like that's when I and we told a story before when I had to get a um, colonoscopy and all that stuff but anyway because I wasn't eating I basically I lost a bunch of weight and at that point in time I was like I, I was like I was skinny and we broke up and I was working at a theater company in Vermont and I had no money uh, because I was a college student and I hadn't started getting paid for that gig yet and all I had was a pair of running shoes and uh, I remember Michael Jackson being on trial and like I was there I was supposed to, I was supposed to hang out with her uh, for a week before I went up to school or went up to this theater company and so I'm now stuck there no, for a week and in the middle of rural Vermont all I'm doing is watching like Michael Jackson trial footage and then going out for runs because that's all I have to do it's basically all I can afford to do other than like I had some microwavable food and that's really all he wanted to do as well Oh, me? Yeah, that's all I wanted to do. No, make. Michael Jackson. That's true. Run um, towards the children. Run. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Sorry. I, 
<laughs> we have a soundboard now, kids, and I promise to abuse it horribly. We have a soundboard, um, and we are deliriously tired, or at least two yeah. of us are, so this is going to be an interesting recording, because I'm already drinking. Yeah, That's gonna, awesome. It'll be super wacky. Uh, anyway, so I've lost track of where we are, so let's do interviews. Um, and uh, since I'm already babbling on, hey, I'm Brian. Um, I'm in Southern California. I always talk about having some projects going on. I actually have one I can talk about right now. Um, so I am sound designing an independent video game. It's uh, being done by, uh, what is the name of the company? Hardboiled Software. Um, which they haven't done anything just yet. This is their first release, but it's a, it's called Killing My Friend. Um, and the concept of the game um, is that uh, you as the character are a big action star and you have a crazy director who wants the best, most over-the-top action sequences possible. So you have to go through the different levels and achieve the different goals, but you have to do it in style. So you can walk in and you can just shoot a guy, but that's not nearly going to get you as many points or uh, as you need as doing it with some sort of style. So it's sort of like a cross between like a Tony Hawk and a shooter. Um, I was going to say, it sounds also kind of like Devil May Cry because you got more points and you got a better score based on how many different kinds of moves you use to kill all the demons. Yeah, and it might be it might be similar to that. I haven't played that game, so I don't necessarily... I mean, that might be completely true. Do you guys um, remember Crazy Taxi, where you got scores for, like, taking out people and everything? Yeah, and then, and then The Simpsons did a, a basically a total knockoff on it. And uh, that, I, remember, I remember The Simpsons version a lot more. Um, but yeah, so... They also anyway, did a they did a, a knockoff of Grand Theft Auto, which actually was the best Simpsons game they ever made. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway... So I'm doing yeah. that, uh, that video game, and uh, if you want to go uh, to Indiegogo, and uh, I think this is the only episode we'll still be running, but they're doing a, a little bit of a fundraiser to, to pay for a few things. I mean, it's an independent game. Um, none of us are getting paid until the game comes out, so hopefully it sells really well and you all buy a copy so that I can actually get paid for all the crap that I'm doing for it. Um, but also, uh, because there is a soundstage scene and things like that, you might hear some familiar voices because I'm planning on uh, slipping in some cameos and people you were listening to on this show and maybe some of other other shows that we are uh, friends with. Um, actually... Uh, we may need to talk to Andy about maybe slipping him in there as well somewhere just for fun. Um, so, that being said, yes, the game is called uh, uh, Killing, uh, comma, My Friend. Um, and uh, that's a line from the asshole director who is uh, voiced by my friend Jeremy. But yes, uh, also a future <laughs> voice in the video game world, a star I know uh, we have... Todd. Hi, this is Todd. I am well rested today. I woke up late. I actually <laughs> didn't even go to work today because it was time. So unlike my compatriots here, I um, I took a long bath. I had a soak. I'm not lying. <laughs> had a nice bottle of wine. Uh, and then I'm going to go see a movie after this because my wife is kicking me out. So yeah, nice. and you can find me on the Funny Books and Firewater podcast along with my buddies Brian and Adam and Q, and that's about the only place you'll find me. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Rock on. Uh, and then of course, the aforementioned other member of the podcast and uh, the only other member of the threesome we're having today. Hey, we what's up everyone? Adam. It's me. Um, so because this is now future Adam when you hear this, <laughs> um, I, I, I did survive Black Friday. I'm hoping. <laughs> we'll, we'll find out when we record our next episode uh, if, if the uh, the shipments and all the crazy BS that's coming in beforehand does not kill me. Uh, but yeah, check me out on Big Shiny Robot. I do review movies there. Also on the Board as Hell podcast with the aforementioned Andy Wilson. Uh, we Hi, Hello, Andy. Hello, Andy. 
we are in kind of the prestige season now where we're, we're starting to get the the Oscar contenders and I'm hoping uh, because my schedule is so busy they are telling me they're sending me a bunch of screeners to check some of these out at my leisure at home so I can actually have a life and because when you when you work you know 11 hours you know six to five or six to six and then immediately go to a movie and then come home and go to bed and do it all over again uh, you need either a heavy dose of Xanax or a pistol because that's the only way you're going to survive so I've got one at my house but not the other Oh, I tr- oh, so obviously all hail President Trump, Zig Hale. Um, I was so pissed. I actually went to go try to buy a gun the other day, and yeah. just because whatever you know reasons, I've been meaning for a while. But I was like, no, I'm gonna actually go do this. So I go to this gun store near my work, and I go in there and we we pick out the gun. I'm ready to go, and then they're like, okay, what? Let me see your ID. And then they're like, oh, cool, what's your address? I'm like, well, I just I moved recently, so I've registered my new address with the DMV, but this. My, my, my photo ID doesn't have my current address. It's on the back. It's like, oh, we can't take that. I'm like, really? Because I did it at a gun show before. And they're like, no, we can't take it. So then uh, I got, I was kind of pissed, like, whatever. So I was talking to my buddy, and he's like, that is complete, total bullshit. He's like, I bought an AR there with the exact same thing you're doing because my, my address didn't match. And I just showed them my, my car registration, and that worked. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, I was ready to give them money. And I'm like, here, I'll even buy the fucking warranty. I don't give a shit. I'll buy extra mags. I don't care. But no, they're being douchebags. So uh. if you happen to listen to this podcast and you work at the gun store next to my work, you just lost out on money, and I will go somewhere else. Thank you. Adam with the gun, kids. Just think about that for a minute. Um, anyway. Block. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so uh, we are here this week. We are talking about a book, which is a recommendation of Adams, which yes. I fully approve because I'll be honest with you. Uh-huh. Uh, when I first read this book, I identified with it in ways that no one ever should because I feel like there are parts of my life that are stolen from this book. Um, uh, anyway, so You're Canadian. Uh, uh, I wish uh, you know. <laughs> From well, the okay. great land of Canada. I will say this, actually. I was working with a, a, an engineer from Chicago. Um, he was like, are you Canadian? I said, no, I'm from Utah. And he goes, oh, that explains it. And he's like, what? He goes, but sometimes it's really hard to tell. He's like, you, you work with these people who are like just really nice and talented and chill. And you're like, they're either Canadian or they're from Utah. And it's sometimes really hard to tell. I'm like, well... They sort of live up to some sort of stereotypes. So uh, that's actually that's very true between someone who's gay or very very Mormon. Yeah. Oh yeah. Gay and Mormon is a really tough one to follow as well. Yeah. That one's uh, that was pretty fun. Did I ever tell you about? Have I told the story about when I was a, a judge on a beauty pageant and the, the girl no. thought I was gay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was judging a beauty pageant for that. So I mean, I guess it kind of works out. Um, no, our friend Tyson. Uh, to make a long story short, his wife was running this pageant. They needed someone else to do it. They're like, "Hey, your resume sounds really impressive on a on a uh, on a piece of paper, um, and um, you don't know any of these people, so you're not biased by any stretch of imagination from out of state." And I happened to be passing through. It was not something I deliberately did. It just was like, "Oh, I was out of town," and they're like, "Hey, you want to do this?" I'm like, "Okay." I thought it was a one-day thing. It ended up being a two-day thing, kids. Uh, it's a much longer story, but. Part of it was is that the nice thing was is even since I was doing it for free, they fed us a lot, and so they're taking us to like PF Chang's or something like that after one of the things. And I'm right in the car with this girl, and it was right about the time that uh, what is that show? Um, Legally Blonde the musical was out, and this girl was like, we were driving, um, and she was like, she was like, she's talking to me, uh, and she was like, she goes, oh, she goes, oh, don't don't be offended, but I love that gay or European song from uh, Legally Blonde. And I was just like, why would I be offended by... Oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, well, whatever. And I'm like, 
Like at the time, I, I mean, at, at the time I was straight, but I had a girlfriend, so I was like, I don't really care. I guess at the time, I still, at the time, I'm straight, but I was like, eh, well, whatever, you can think I'm gay if I want. And like, it was just really funny because I just, I didn't say anything. And then I just, I think I slowly watched over the course of like the two days for figuring out like, oh, he's not gay. And I kind of made an ass of myself. It was actually very entertaining. It's awesome. I will say with Tyson and his wife, they have my favorite party of the year is their Christmas party. Because mm-hmm. his wife organizes beauty pageants. Yes. He was a downhill bike racer kind of guy, yep. mountain bike, and an accountant. Yes. And college roommates. So you have these beauty pageant winners and contestants, downhill biker dudes. CPAs to be, and then gold college roommates. The mishmash is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) You have these, it was all these college at the time, accountants trying to get their masters in accounting, trying to talk to these beauty pageant girls, and they're like, what's going on here? I just loved watching that. I'm like, this is... You look like Scarlett Johansson. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And I will say the... uh, White elephant gifts are always most hilarious. There was one. I got one you a slide rule. <laughs> yeah, there was a uh, pair of oversized <laughs> granny panties that both Tyson and his wife climbed inside of and wore simultaneously. Wow. Oh yeah, among other things. So shout out to Tyson, dude. I love your party every year. <laughs> I get invited every year, and then when I turn it down, he's like, "Well, you're Mr. Hollywood. You're too good to come out." I'm like, "Dude." Unless you're paying for a plane ticket, I can't make it out there. I'm like, you know. Yeah, I was like the second person to say yes on Facebook. Like, invited you to a party. Yes, I'm there. I want to watch. <laughs> yes, I, yes, yes, yes. I think my response when he harassed me about it was like, you turned it down. And I was like, and teleportation becomes a viable option. My uh, social calendar is limited to Southern California is what I believe I said. Oh, uh, my God. So this is how big of a <laughs> fucking geek I am. So, uh <laughs> We, uh, Eddie and I did. We just last uh, this past Tuesday, we went to the the very very first Broadway show at the brand new Eccles Theater in downtown Salt Lake. Which uh, we're not doing recommendations yet, but I will recommend if you can see a show there. It, it's fantastic. It's a gorgeous theater, great acoustics. Uh, it was it was a ton of fun. We went and saw Beautiful, the Carol King story. Um, Anyway, it's kind of fun. So the problem was it's kind of a bit of a longer show. So we got out of there at ten o'clock and. Again, I'm waking up at 5 a.m. for work, so I, I try you know, to go to bed at, at grandma's time of 9.30 or 10. <laughs> so I was like, we're walking out and walking to the car at 10 o'clock. I'm like, you know, if I was just the Phoenix, I could teleport right now. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, what is wrong with me? Oh, that's my second X-Men. I'm like, if I was this X-Men. Because the other one was uh, at Eddie's work I, a long time ago. It is a couple stores back. I was sitting there waiting for him to get off, and this guy like grabbed a bunch of stuff and ran out the door. And so I was like, "Fuck it, I'll go after him." And so I almost caught the dude in a car, turned the corner, almost hit me, and then the guy got away. And I was like, "You know, if I was Wolverine, I could have jumped over that car." Yeah. <laughs> and it was, honest to God, rational thought in my little head, and I was like, "Oh dear God, I'm reading too many comics." Rational so, thought. It was. It, it, it was. I sat there like. I was sitting there catching my breath like, you know, if I was Wolverine, I could have jumped over that car. Where did that come from? Like, what is wrong with me? Oh. That's excellent. Um, we, for- we forgot to mention during the uh, the introductions, our lovely Q uh, is unable to do- uh, uh, join us uh, this week. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> 
Um, however, I do have a, uh, a little soundbite of him that we might be using. Uh, unfortunately, uh, or fortunately for him, Q is uh, in tech rehearsals for um, his latest show. Yes. I believe it's White Christmas. Is that what he's doing? Uh, and for those of you who don't know um, theater, uh, tech rehearsals is sometimes referred to as Hell Week. It's you horrible. absolutely have no life whatsoever. It's it's very often like get up in the morning, go to the theater, work till ungodly hour, go home, sleep for a few hours, get back up, go right back to the theater, do the whole thing all over again. Especially on the technical side of things, um, you know, which is where Q and I work. Uh, Q used to be a performer, so I'm, I'm, I'm laughing in, inside about all the tech rehearsals he did as an actor, and I'm like, ah, you got on really easy, didn't fun you, when you, It's really um, fun when you're but, the lead uh, and you're also doing all the tech stuff, because I was the sound guy and in this one play the lead. Uh, I, I, I yeah. never... I was actually, you know, High school's hard, you know. Teenage years suck. I had never contemplated yeah. suicide until that week. Oh my god, it was horrible. Because I had to do school too, so it was like everything just wrapped. It was like it was like like Black Friday this week for me, but when I was like sixteen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's actually um, oddly enough, I've, I haven't seen it, but there's a, a play or a musical coming out this year in New York called Ten Out of Twelves, which is a show about. Um, tech rehearsals is what it's about it's are you of, serious yeah oh my um, god i want to see it yeah so um uh 10 out 12s i don't know the i know it's 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 the it's the schedule that they use for uh i think it's equity union where it's like they basically are are, are doing a 12-hour shift but they, they can only work 10 out of the 12 hours or something like that and i can't remember how it works out but like it basically is a long grueling schedule um because you also got to figure if the actors are working 10 hours that means that the techs are working another four hours before and another four hours after so it's um ridiculously yeah, well, I, I was never good enough to get to equity so I, I couldn't tell you uh, yeah I mean I've worked in equity houses for sure um, the union I work with now a lot is Agvo but that's a totally different weird random union and we won't even get into how strange that is um, I myself and my Aussie kids in case you're checking up on our union status um, my, my card is paid up I have all my stamps so um, and I can get a pink contract if anyone wants to hire me to go out of state because I can always use a vacation. So uh, if you're looking for a sound designer who's a uh, uh, IATSE union outside of uh, Southern California and you're willing to pay. Hey, just be careful. That's yeah. how Adam Sandler started making shitty movies. <laughs> he wanted to go on vacation. Let's be honest. Okay, as as a as a technician and a designer, I don't necessarily always do shows that I am super proud of. Like, I've definitely done those shows where I'm like, look, I'm doing this for money, man. Like, it's just, it's what it happens, you know, like... People come see shows like, oh, I saw the show. I'm like, oh, I know it's shit. Oh, I know. Like, oh no, no. Uh, our, our our good friend uh, Jimmy Martin from Geek Show. He he's always uh-huh. said, if someone backed a truck of money up to my house and dumped it out and told me to make a sequel to a really shitty movie, he's like, I would do it with a smile on my face and a song in my heart. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's it's you, you polish the turd, man. You just make the best of a bad situation. That's what you have to do. Except um, unless you're Adam Sandler, who sucks. Yeah, uh, well, there's that, too. Uh, he hired a fucking stunt double to moonwalk for him in a two-second scene in Pixels. <laughs> I shit you not. Go, don't go watch that movie. <laughs> but if it's on Netflix, fast-forward to a scene where he moonwalks. Um, but 20, fun- 20 minutes in, and we haven't talked about the book. Uh, we haven't. <laughs> I was going to get to that. So we're doing Scott Pilgrim, um, which is the obviously the uh, series of six... Uh, manga-sized graphic novels um, that inspired the film, and actually the film came out like the same year as the final book came out, yeah. which is always kind of interesting. The ending of the final book is a little different than the ending of the movie, um, uh, and we'll get to, to some of the differences, but Adam 
Uh, actually, here, should we start with the drinking game first, or do you want to do a, a little Yeah, let's, let's do the drinking game. I'll, I'll mm -hmm. give a really brief synopsis, and then we'll kind of dive in from there. And now for sports. Banning the globe to bring you the constant variety of sports. Listen up, sports fans. The thrill of victory. Prepare yourself and your liver for this week's drinking game. And the agony of defeat. Remember, it's only a game. And a dumb one at that. The human drama of athletic competition. So don't take it too seriously. And above all else, please drink responsibly. Hey, somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt. Rule one, the karma chameleon rule. I feel like there's something should be connected to knives. The high school girlfriend. Every time she starts trying to look more like the drummer, have a drink. Rule two, the attack hug. And every time she puts affection on top of Scott, and Scott's like, I don't know how to break up with you look on your face. You should have a drink. Rule three, the dream weaver rule. I'm going to say every time uh, Scott Pilgrim has a dream sequence of Ramona Flowers, take a drink. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. And our final rule, the strong silent type rule. Uh, I would say every time there's a page, where there's almost no dialogue. I hope it was worth it, my friend, because you got a knife in the clink coming up. Because uh, Q, Q liked this, just for the record. He, he told us he liked it, but it needed an editor. And I could see, as much as I love this, there are some times where, well, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. Yeah, I, I, I have my thoughts on that as well, actually, so we can get into that. So, Adam, before we go to our little break, um, do you have a, um, do you want to do like a brief introduction to this? Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. And also, I, the reason why this, this book was kind of special to me yeah, and why I recommended it was uh, I went and saw the movie and absolutely loved it. And in fact, this is probably one of the best comic book to movie translations that we've ever had. I mean, Edgar Wright is a fantastic director and, and nailed the, the feel of the comic very well. But what happened was, you know, I was, I read comics as a kid. I read comics in college. And then I, you know, years later I was in Utah and I, I wasn't reading comics anymore. And because of this movie, I was like, I, I actually want to go read this book and I want to see, you know, see what it's about. So I went to a comic store. I hadn't, I'd never, I hadn't been in years. And while I was there, I saw some X-Men comics and some other stuff. Uh, so if it wasn't for this movie and this book, I pr I wouldn't be here right now because I this is what got me back into comics as a mature adult. Well, not an immature adult. We'll say that. <laughs> We're all immature adults. <laughs> exactly. Physically mature adult. Yeah. There you. <laughs> but no, I, I wouldn't have gotten back into comics, had a love of comics, and been doing this with you guys today has mm -hmm. I not stumbled upon Scott Kit Pilgrim and then gone back into a comics store, started a hold, got into X-Men, got into, you know, indie stuff. So for me, this is this is kind of the, I'd say the starting point of my re-love for comics. Cool. But yeah, it, uh, Scott Pilgrim. It's it's a six part series. We're only doing the first one. Uh, it tells the story of Scott Pilgrim. He's kind of a loser in, in between jobs. He's dating a high school girl because he's still not over his last breakup, which they barely touch on here, and then expound more upon later on. But he he meets this girl named Ramona Flowers and instantly falls in love with her and finds out that if he wants to date her, he has to defeat defeat her seven evil exes and you meet the first one in this book and that's that's a good intro yeah um yeah there we go um so that'll that'll do it now um i think 
I will speak for myself and speak for Adam. If we, I do recommend reading this, um, and uh, this would be your time to do it if you want to. Um, so, uh, and it is a, it's a fairly quick read. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's printed in the same size as a manga. Um, also, I will say this: I just did a Google search for Scott Pilgrim's Precious Little Life, which is the name of the first volume. You can find a colorized version online for free, like the full first mm-hmm. book. I found oh, it. Really? Like, yeah, like I just found it on a website, and like I'm just scrolling through. I'm like, I wonder how far this goes. It's the first book. Like it's all of the first book. Um, like you don't even have to have a comicsology. You don't have to do whatever. Um, but like if you do a little searching out there, you don't want to pay for this book. Um, you can read this whole first book without. Um, that I actually pay for it. Um, but you know, it's a great book, and I recommend uh, throwing some cash towards uh, Brian Lee O'Malley, um, who uh, I think I think does a, a fun fun job in this book um, as both writer and artist. But we'll get into our reviews later. But yeah, so this is your time to uh, you know take a little break, or we're gonna take a little break. You can uh, go and read the book, and uh, and then when you join us, we'll be uh, all spoilerific up in this bitch. <laughs> If you have yet to read this week's book and would like to read it now, press pause. Go ahead. We'll wait. So we're back after all that rambling. Charge. Charge. Thank you. Uh, so anyway. Charge. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> Adam, since this is your book, would you like to do the lightning round and try to uh, describe the plot? in, you know, two minutes or less, which I'm sure you can do. Actually, it's pretty easy. Lightning round begins now. Scott Pilgrim is a loser. He is between jobs. He uh, is still obsessed with his last girlfriend who broke up with him. He is in a band called Sex bob which is the coolest name for a band <laughs> I've ever heard in my life. Uh, he is currently dating a high school girl, Knives Chow, whose parents keep on trying to f- make her find a nice Chinese boy to settle down with. Uh, he is living and sleeping in the same bed as his gay best friend, Wallace Wells, who, and they constantly give each other shit. And it's really fun because if you have any, if you've got a set of friends who, like, one's gay, one's straight, who are roommates, you know, basically me and Maya, or whatever else, uh-huh. it's really fun the banter they have because it's very, very realistic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very realistic. Like, if you hang out with us enough, you will see us say many things that happen in this book. So, uh... One day, Scott Pilgrim's taking a nap, and he sees this girl flying through his head named Ramona Flowers. And he's like, what are you doing in my head? And she's like, oh, this is like a subspace highway. You're dreaming. Go away. Uh, he goes to a party and sees her there, and he's like, oh, my God, that's the girl of my dreams. Uh, spends some time, gets to know her, finds out that she is uh, a recent uh, transplant to Canada from the U.S., She's working for Amazon.ca, and there's a really funny scene where Scott Pilgrim asks Wallace Wells what the website is for Canada, uh, for Amazon.ca. Yeah, and he's immediately infatuated with her, and he finds out that it's because she's using these hyperspace uh, highways through his head, that that's why he's in love with her, and she agrees to at least be friends with him, and they kind of go on a date, and then... At their very first show, Sex Bob-Omb's at a show, and Wallace Wells is stealing everyone's boyf- uh, boyfriends and dates, and this Indian dude, uh, shit, what's his name, Patel? Um, Matthew Patel. Yeah, 
So while they're there, this Indian dude named Matthew Patel, who's been emailing Scott Pilgrim and telling him, hey, you're dating Ramona Flowers. I'm going to fight you. And he's like, this is boring. I don't care because he's self-absorbed and an idiot. Mm -hmm. Shows up to fight him. And when they do, we find out, oh, my God, Scott Pilgrim is like this magical fighter and kicks his ass. And when he gets defeated, uh, much like it happens in video games, he bleeps out of existence, drops some coins. And we learn from Mona Flowers that in order to date her, Scott Pilgrim will have to fight and defeat her seven evil exes. And there's her last boyfriend or current boyfriend is some dude named Gideon. And that's all we really know. And at the very end of the story, Scott Pilgrim is kind of dating two girls, and all is weird. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, so I, I will say this uh, before we get started. When I first started reading this book, I also had a gay roommate at that point in time. Um, oh, so and, you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, no, completely. completely. I, uh, Todd remembers my roommate, Marty. I think we discussed him in a previous episode as well. Um, yeah, the one who thought I was a minister. There was a lot of people who thought you were a minister at that. that uh, <laughs> you are a horrible minister, my good sir. <laughs> or a very good one. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you, you live your life according to the, of the gospel according to the same bastard. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, but it's funny because like, I, I have identified with this book multiple multiple times the funny thing was is i watched the movie with jess the other day and we can't calculate out her exes and i'm like okay she has one that's indian uh she has i'm just like and like and she was like and she was sort of dating this guy who's like a wannabe film director who was sort of like gideon when we first started dating like she wasn't completely over him and then that's why she wouldn't immediately start dating me until i won her over you know what i mean so it's like and i kind of had to like battle her seven evil exes that like you know kind of prove that i was cooler than all of them uh, which is i mean that, that's i think that's the obvious metaphor of the video game thing of like you know in an emotional way he has to sort of prove that he's better than her exes kind of thing um but uh yeah so like i i i feel like i've lived this book a lot we interrupt this program to bring you a special report it is now time for another transmission of comic book history with professor Maya. Yeah, Scott Pilgrim, uh, Brian Lee O'Malley, it's kind of like his masterpiece, I would say. Yeah, I mean, to date, like, Seconds is a good book. That just came out. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, I would recommend reading Seconds. But And he's actually, uh, he's not drawing it, but he's actually writing a book for Image right now called Snot Girl. It's like American Psycho in the fashion world. Like, there's this girl, she has, uh, I can't remember her name. Uh, she has, like, a, you know, she's very kind of worried about her appearance. She's a fashion blogger, uh, but she also has really bad allergies, and they, like, make her really snotty and disgusting, and she has to, like, take her allergy medication and make sure, like, you know, no one sees her this way. But he also, we're starting to see, like, maybe she's starting to question things that have actually happened in her life, because uh, there are a couple of incidents that happen uh, where she thinks she kills someone, but then she's getting texts from that person. So you don't, so you don't know if she actually killed them and she's imagining the text, or if she imagined killing them and is actually talking to this. Like, it's it's a weird book, but it's pretty cool. But yeah, Scott Pilgrim. Uh, I actually didn't read Scott Pilgrim till after I saw the movie. I owned them, but I never got around to reading them. It's, I just, I love it. It's you know, I'm I'm a I'm a gamer. I grew up with that kind of that style. Of, uh, and, and now anytime, anytime I read it or watch the movie, I have the, uh, oh, what was the name of that band? The Anim Animanaguchi or whatever, the, the, the soundtrack to the video game that came out. Like, that's all I can think of whenever I'm reading Scott Pilgrim or think about Sp Scott Pilgrim now. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. 
Um, so yeah, so Q, who's not with us, um, mm-hmm. gave his review, and I think it's actually a good jumping off point for this conversation. Um, and I'm pulling up that text message real fast to say what his review was. Because he basically said, sorry, I can't make it, but uh, just say what my review is um, so that everyone knows. So his review is, uh, he says, I liked it. It's fun, but suffers from being not edited enough. The movie got the, all the same feel into uh, without feeling bloated. In general, it's a good uh, time, but I also uh, but I also just watched the movie again. instead of I would just watch the movie again instead of reading it anymore. Um, to a certain extent, I, I like that. Uh, I agree with it. Like, I, I do feel like the movie gets you through the entire story, and it's very, um, it's 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 very close to the book, the original source material. Um, oh yeah, it, it's the I will, I will say this: it is the best comic book adaptation. And we're not saying like, okay, so Civil War or Doctor Strange, as far as being a better movie or not. Yeah. But taking the source material and staying true to it, while at the same time not being slavish to it, where they don't have yeah. to have every single little tiny mm-hmm. emoticon or this and that, but they got the the tone of the book perfectly right in the movie. Yeah, they did. And no. I mean, they they play very well with the the visual style that the book does and things like that. The thing I feel like I. The one thing I kind of disagree, like, yes, I understand it could it need an editor, but I felt like there were some moments in this um, that were little extra insights. It's almost like deleted scenes. It's if, like, if you've seen the movie and you read this book, it's almost like there's deleted scenes. There's little mm-hmm. elements of the story that get added, and it gets even more so towards the end of the book, especially when he... Um, uh, spoiler alert for way in the future if you decide to read these there is a scene I won't just I won't go into too many details but there is a, a scene where he kind of reconnects with Envy Adams um, and they kind of discuss their lives a little bit together and and and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and that kind of thing like what ended up happening and how their lives went on like well after you know they meet up in, in the story and there's some stuff like that that's kind of like I understand why they didn't do it in the movie um, but there are things I think there is a validity and uh, a validity into reading this, this book. If you like the movie, reading the books, I think, also does add some things to it. But I will... I, I fucking love this movie. I probably watch it about once every three months. Like, I... Oh, wow. I love the hell out of this movie. Oh, yeah. It's one of the ones where if I'm skipping the channels and just, like, seeing what's on, if mm-hmm. it's on, I'll stop and watch it, no matter what scene it's on. If it's the very beginning, if it's the last two minutes, I have to stay and finish it. It's like it's like when mm-hmm. Star Wars is on, or Indiana Jones, or The Goonies. Yeah. It's, it's one of those ones that... I, I just have to just sit and stay with and, and one thing I love so much is you know this was this came out the first one in 2005 which was a, well, you know 11 years ago yeah. we're in the middle of the Bush presidency and you know LGBT rights were nowhere near where they are now yeah. and what's so much fun with this is that you know we've got gay characters we've got pe- you know people of color in it and all this kind of fun stuff and it's treated like it's just any old thing it's not like oh well we've got to make sure this character who's gay is over the top and no, it's just like they make they, they poke fun at him, like he yeah. poked fun at Scott Pilgrim, just mm-hmm. like we do in real life. Like if you ever hang out with me and my friends, we're constantly making fun of each other because we love each other. Yeah. And that's really the dynamic that comes through so strongly here. And you know, I read this you know just a couple of years ago when the movie came out, but it, it would have been kind of fun to have experienced it back then when this really wasn't a normal thing. We didn't have these type this type of representation that we do now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, in your in your face, but at the same time, if you're like, oh my god, this character's gay, how dare they? Well, that's kind of you're kind of a fuckhead, so you have a problem yeah. here because it's not being, it's not being, you know, he's he's not your traditional fabulous gay. You know, what I mean, he's not the cliche yeah. 
you know, um, you know, that, I mean, it, it was a very kind of oddly realistic portrayal, which I think probably leads into because like the way I got turned on to this book was mm-hmm. um, actually a lesbian friend of mine who um, I was at work, I was reading some other comic book, and she's like, she's like, oh, you know, uh, she was a little political about the oh, you know, just another dumb whatever. I'm like, no, I'm like, I, I just like stories by storytellers, and she's like, well, then you should read Scott Pilgrim, and I'm sure that that's probably some of the appeal that she had towards leading me to it. I love this book, and I'm always appreciative to her for introducing me to it. And I, I had read the book before the movie came out. I, I remember, um, you know, anxiously waiting for the last book to come out. And at the time the last book was going to come out, the movie was going to come out shortly thereafter. So I think the I think the last book, if I remember correctly, the last book came out just before San Diego Comic-Con, and then they did the preview screening of the movie at that San Diego Comic-Con. Um, so uh, the last book was not out when the film was being made. Um, and uh, But I, you know... I, I definitely, and I've told the story before about how um, actually my gay roommate Marty, who is essentially my Wallace Wells uh, in this story, he's the one who got uh, Brian Lee O'Malley to sign it. I also have um, one of my other prize things that I picked up uh, at about the time um, uh, this was going on is I went up to, there's a famous comic shop up in LA called Meltdown, um, and they had some posters from, Brian, from when Brian Lee O'Malley was doing an appearance there uh, promoting one of these volumes, and so I have the poster with Brian Lee O'Malley art on it. Um, it, it kind of looks a little bit like Stacy in it, but it's just like it's it's not a, a specific character, but it's just a random girl. But it's a Brian Lee O'Malley poster. I have this Brian Lee O'Malley poster from Meltdown that I love, that I'm very proud of, having picked that up um, for like ten bucks or something like that. But anyway, uh, so Todd, what's your uh, what's your beginning thoughts as we're starting this conversation? So what's interesting here is I did see the movie when it came out. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I have never read this comic before. Mm-hmm. So. Um, from Q's point of view, and reading his review beforehand, talking about it could be edited, I can kind of see it, but at the same time, I like your point of it, too. I mean, movies do a great job of having a very um, distilled and succinct story. It's kind of the nature of the medium. Mm-hmm. And while this one gives it the opportunity to breathe and explore, I thoroughly enjoyed it. For me, this book didn't drag. No, really, it's hardly a- it at all. I mean, yeah. it, it, the movie does it much more quickly than what covers here. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the extra little scenes and everything else, I think it fleshes it out, and I buy the characters. What's so great about the story is everyone is so absolutely, like, authentic and legit, and they're not just this, oh, and we shall have the gay roommate character. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel that about any of them at all. And even with Knives, the uh, high school Asian girlfriend, she's still a person there as well. So... For O'Malley, I think my favorite thing is is the characters themselves. I, I buy them all, and that they're very believable, and they are who they are. And yeah, I, I mean, think that's wonderful. Yeah, he obviously based them off, either little bits mm-hmm. or lots off of people that he actually knew. Right. But yeah, so with that, yeah, once again, they're all very three-dimensional characters, and you read a lot of books. It doesn't even have to be comic books or even movies, and they're just like, oh, they're this stereotype and none of them really are that stereotype all that much and you know the art is fun and it's childish isn't the right word but it is a little bit it's simple there is a simplicity to the art and even that plays well with the simplicity of the world and kind of what's going through here you've got this 23 year old guy dating the 17 year old girl trying to figure things out and then he falls in love with Ramona and his dreams mm-hmm. and he's it's a bit of a coming of age and everything else as, as you're watching it and I've you know it's 
It's a lot of fun, and I've only ever read the colorized version. You guys probably read it when it was in black and white the first time yep. around. Oh, that's, I, that's my, my I, right here. My, my copies are in black and white, yeah. Right, and <laughs> I've, I read the thing on comiXology in color, and there was only one sequence that was still just straight grayscale black and white, And but even with the colorized, I think it's great. It's fantastic. And this I is not it. something, it, because of the simplicity to it, this is not something like, it's not like we're color, colorizing, you know, um, Casablanca or something like that. You no, know no, what no, I mean? No. Like, it's... It you feels know. very natural to me. It doesn't look forced at all. I mean, it's not like it was those uh, classic Ted Turner colorized movies. Yeah, no, exactly. So, so no, this looks great. So I really enjoyed it. And this is kind of fun too because you know we, we've done a couple of mangas here, and we, we liked one, we didn't like the other. Mm-hmm. And th- this was this was again cool for me because this until we did that was the closest I've come to a manga because it's really it's really written that way. Yeah. Uh, if, you, if you go through it, like the art style, uh, the way people kind of overreact, and mm-hmm. you know, the way the the eyes get big. And so it's it's got a very definite Asian influence, uh, but it's also it it has a, a very distinct story. And yes, th- there are some absurd things happening, like when the when Matt Patel comes and and <clears throat> he summons the <laughs> the like, the demon angels to fight with him and stuff. Like you you've got some of the over the top stuff you got in Boba Bo, mm-hmm. but it makes sense and it's fun, yeah. draws you in, and it's not like you're you're not sitting there where. Okay, so this guy shows up and summons demons. Like, hey, sure, why not? It, yeah, <laughs> this yeah. this make it doesn't make sense, but it goes along with the story because there's a bit of an absurdity there you can go along with, and so for maybe again for someone who maybe wants to get into manga uh, and needs something to kind of cut their teeth on, uh, you know, first of all go back and do Death Note because Death Note I think was a fun one we could all. Mm-hmm. You know, most of us could yeah. go back and say we enjoyed. But if, if you want to kind of understand the art style and get what you're in for, this is a good series to start on. And honestly, I don't know anyone who started. A, well, I know Q said he probably wouldn't read more of it, but uh, you know, most people who who pick this up do end up liking it and going on and reading the rest. Uh, even people maybe who aren't as big a fan of the art style. I mean, you've, like you said, you've got 3D realistic, not realistic, but 3D characters who you actually care about. Even though Scott's kind of a, he's kind of a douchebag, really <laughs> but he's is. a lovable douchebag. <laughs> he's well, my I mean, douchebag. That's kind of what so. the, re- the reality of it is, though. I mean, like, because a lot of these characters, we've all been like, there. Yeah, well, it's like you know, it's like you kind of look back on your life sometimes. You'd be like, yeah, sometimes I wasn't necessarily being the best guy. You know what I mean? Um, I'll be honest with you. I, at one point in time, and I might cut this out entirely. I was like, oh, Q's <laughs> gonna be gone. Um, and I was thinking, oh, I have a friend. I'm like, I wonder, wonder if I could invite someone on there. And I was like, I was going to invite a very specific person. I won't see who it is, so maybe I can leave this in. But I was like, sure. I've, been, I've been talking about having her on the show at some point in time, maybe. And I was like, oh, maybe I can have her on there. And I started thinking about it a second. I'm like, no, not this book. She can be on this show <laughs> at some other point in time. But I'm like, because let's be honest, like when I've had my sort of. I'm trying to be a good guy, but I'm actually being kind of an asshole, which is basically what happens to Scott Pilgrim, and maybe why I identified with this book at that time in my life. She's the girl that I kind of did that with, so I'm like, I was kind of an asshole, and I'm like, yeah, no, not this book. I'm like, um, <laughs> that's yeah, something else, but not this book. So, uh, so I, I saved myself the awkwardness. I'm sure everyone else missed the entertainment, but uh, I, I saved I saved myself a little bit from that. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, halfway through yeah. the review, there'd be like a moment of realization where she's like, "Fuck you!" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, "Wow, you're a dick!" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah you're yeah. a dick." Yeah, we've all had moments. Yeah, no, as, as, as Todd has said when I've, I've told a few stories of our younger days, just not one of my finer moments. Like that's all we would do. Uh, whatever, telling the, uh, I think it was 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Whatever, whatever story. We'll, we'll leave the story <laughs> out of it. We'll leave whatever story it is out of it. But there, there's there's a few, but we both have them. And Todd's response is always just not one of my finer moments. And it's like, okay. That's, <laughs> and that's fair. We all have them. Todd and I have been friends since we were 12 years old. We both have seen each other be assholes. We've also both seen each other be saints. That's how it goes. Uh, yeah. So, you know, what happens when you're friends for that fucking long? Um, I still love you, man. Love I don't you know too, why buddy. you love me, though. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Jess had a great description of you the other day. Yesterday, oh, she? Pretty cool. she, yeah, because like we were talking about when we were scheduling this, and we were having some trouble scheduling it, which is unfortunate. Why Q's not able to join us? And uh, and you were just like, yeah, man, just tell me to tell me a place. And she's like, Todd's like a human Labrador. That's what I love about Todd. He's just like, he's like, okay, whatever, we'll just do whatever. And I was like, <laughs> in his finer moments, he is a human Labrador. Like that's kind of what it is. So, um, I, Adam, kind of <laughs> jumping onto your point, when I first saw the movie. And I know we're going to compare the movie to the book a lot. I know we're supposed to be discussing the book. You kind of have to because that's, I think, 99% of people who have read this book did so because of the movie. Yeah, yeah. And the movie is fantastic. It is. It really is. And so, um, So, yeah. um, But I I felt like when I saw the movie, I felt like the movie focused more on the video game aspects of the story. Oh, definitely, yes. And and the book is a little bit more of the manga stuff. So just reiterating your fact, like, this plays a little more on, like, playing with manga types and tropes. And they took, and, and, and it makes sense, though, because, like, that's the medium which is published in, so that's where this shines, the book shines. Whereas the movie, as a visual uh, medium uh, and a movement sort of based medium, the the video game aspects for it, you know, really shine. And it also just might be what what spoke to, um, you know, uh, Edgar Wright and and the writers of this and stuff like that as well. But like, like I said, like the combination of the two, like. It's, it's a great book, it's a great movie, like, you're really not going to go wrong. Um, but speaking of the movie, I don't know if anyone else did this, but for cocktails, I don't necessarily have a specific cocktail, but I am completely stealing off of uh, Edgar Wright's actual blog. He did a, there was a, um, a screening of, uh, of Scott Pilgrim, and they end up, like, a local bartender uh, had created a bunch of cocktails. And so yeah, that's, are... that's where I got my drinks from, too. Okay. Um... <laughs> 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 Todd, do you have one that's not from this list? <laughs> uh, totally Red Bull Vodka. Red Bull Vodka? And, the, I mean, the reason for it is it's the upper, it's the downer, it's the woo, I'm feeling funny, I'm sleeping in till 5 p.m. Yeah. Because last night was so weird and everything yeah. else. It's Red Bull Vodka all the way. I mean, that's something like four loco stupid things people at that age do all the time. Okay. And I'm too old for that shit. So, Red Bull okay. Vodka. Uh, what, what do you want to call it? You want to call that I'm too old for this shit? That works. I'm too old for this show. <laughs> uh, okay. So um, then, uh, Adam, which of these would you like to do? Or should we should just stare, share this list? Uh, I'll, um, I, we, we may as well just share the list because I, I know we've got the exact. I, I took a picture of like the – it was like the little poster they have with all the drinks yeah, on it. I have it. the website up in front of me right now. So. Yeah, so well, there's there are five drinks. So you want to take turns going down the list? Sure. Um, and this is the one I wanted to do if no one else had picked it. Um, and, and unfortunately, this is just what these drinks are. We don't necessarily have um, res- like recipes, but this is the one I felt like I could probably figure out how to do that. Um, I'm going to do the, I would have done the Sex bob um, which is uh, rock sake, um, effing cucumber, and uh, fresh lime juice, which is, you know, uh, seems fun, actually. But like I feel like you could probably figure out that ratio. 
playing with it a little bit and making yeah. something awesome. That's it's, kinda... really, it's really funny too because I, I actually went uh, the way I found it was I wanted to look for a drink I could base off Sex Bob Bomb, uh-huh. and when I typed in Sex Bob Bomb, it, it popped up Sex Bob Bomb drink. I think that's like, exactly oh. what I did. Yeah. Yeah, and then it came to the site and I was like, oh, this is what they did at the uh, the, the premiere. So. The one I was going to choose was the Scott Pilgrim, which Perfect. is Maker's Mark, Sweet Vermouth, uh, Dash of Bitters, and then you shake it all over, strain it into a glass, and you garnish with a brandy-soaked cherry. Mm-hmm. So, Okay, and then, of course, there is, if you have Scott Pilgrim, you have to have Ramona Flowers, which is, again, uh, the Rock Sake. Lilit Blanc, which I love. Um, it's a fortified wine that uh, is in Corpse Survivor, so I actually have some of that around. Uh, fresh lemon juice. Uh, fresh blackberries and is that, is that prosecco? Prosecco. I don't know what prosecco is. I think it's like a sweet. Uh, I think it's a sweet fortified wine, but don't quote me on that because I don't know wines. It's yeah. Italian champagne. Yeah. Oh well, pardon me, old Well, there thank you, you very much. Okay. Uh, and then I'm, I'm going to skip the next one because it, it is kind of a, a spoiler for later on. It's one of the evil X's. Um, <laughs> but the the one up, which is uh, simply black cherry vodka mixed with pomegranate juice. Yeah. Which that sounds like that that has Q that written all over it. Yeah, that that's definitely Q's drink. Um, so for him, we say dun dun dun. I can't tell if he's going to be happy or pissed about that. About us using that as a thing. <laughs> yeah. I, I you know what I don't know. I I, I have some like if <laughs> I will find some other drops, kids. We'll we'll be prepared later. Um, anyway, well, cool. Uh, I mean. We've talked a lot about it. Does anybody have any, any other thoughts? Um, um, I think the another reason why I, I mentioned this was, like, like I said, this was my reintroduction to comics as an adult, mm-hmm. and it, it just, you know, I, it, it started things going where my life is now, and of course, comics don't make your life, but again, it holds a special place in my heart. But also, at this time of year, everything is so hectic. I mean, even if you're not working in the retail sector like I am I mean the holidays are always stressful you got family you got to think about gifts you know no matter where you work things just kind of get busy and crazy mm-hmm. and what's so much f- great what's so fun about this is that it is fun it's lighthearted. Yeah. you're not going to sit there and you know, as much as I liked uh, DMZ and you know we, we went through and did nightly news you're not going to sit back and like try to psychoanalyze it and see how it applies to life and especially in our current you know, we'll just be honest, political climate. I think some yep. of us uh, and some of the people we know are, are in a state of mind where, you know, there's a lot of fear going around and there's people who are worried and uh, and maybe some people who are happy. But I think that every so often it's, it's worth taking time to just have fun, enjoy yourself. And, you know, the, the literal definition of amusement is not thinking. And sometimes mm-hmm. you have to not think to get on with life and just and take an hour, take half hour, however long it takes, take two hours to watch the movie and just escape from reality and then when it's all said and done you can kind of, you know, pack everything back in your head and get on with life but you have to have those moments of respite where you don't worry about anything and that's that's what's so much fun about this is like it's 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 like cotton candy comics, it's a lot of fun there's nothing to worry about and maybe a little smile on your face and you can have a good day afterwards yeah, cool I- I think that's a good, solid review. Like, I don't know if I can necessarily do better than that, to be honest with you. Um, Todd, do you have anything? Uh, I enjoyed reading it. I will probably read the next one, is what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. If, I recommend when I get it. to it. Yeah, I mean, I, there, there's no reason not to in this well, regard. I have them all, so if you want to borrow them. I mean, sure. Well, thank you. 
Um, At one point in time, I owned two copies of most of them so I could loan them out, and now I only have one copy of everything. So I've, <laughs> I've loaned these books out a lot. So no, no. So I'm really enjoying that regard. It's um. I mean, you guys have covered it for the most part. It was good, it was fun, it was lighthearted in a lot of ways, and it's still, I mean, it's taking this fantastical approach to, I mean, even at that age, hormones are still a bit higher than they are in our nice, mm-hmm. ripe old age of 35. <laughs> and Get for my me, walker. You're right, there's Get the old man in the room. <laughs> Get off my lawn, indeed. And, you know, and that that fantastic take on something's going on, you're like, oh, my gosh, can you believe this is happening? And it is like you're doing a magical battle in your own mind and nothing Mm -hmm. happens. And, you know, this was a lot of it was fun. It was good. And it set out to be exactly what it is. And the execution, I think, from the intent is spot on. And that's Mm -hmm. always enjoyable. And I don't and I feel like I'm a part of it while reading it and not so much being talked down or anything in that regard or being treated as if I'm something less. It's really great. Okay. I like that. Yeah. Uh, cool. Yeah, I, I I agree with everybody on this, and I, I don't I don't have anything to add that hasn't been said very well uh, already, and um, you know, enjoy the hell out of it. Highly recommend it. Um, yeah. So, uh, if, if, if you even like the movie a little bit, I think the book is worth reading. Uh, and if you love the book, by all means, you should check it out. Yes. Uh, if, you, if you like the movie, by all means, you should check out the book. Um, so, does anybody have any recommendations? Anybody want to start with recommendations? I do, actually. I've got a a pretty big one. Oh, great. So, uh, I don't think you guys are familiar with her, but uh, a really good friend of ours and mine, uh, Danny Powers, she is amazing. She actually just got back from BlizzCon when we record this, and Uh her goal is to become a video game developer. She's a fantastic artist. She wants to go work for Blizzard, uh, and so she was very excited to go down there and be able to take part in all that. But she is an amazing artist, and she uh, did uh, Inktober, which is where you draw you, you draw a piece of art for every single day of October. Mm-hmm. And obviously, that was a couple weeks ago. And she she put the originals up online and sold them for way less than she should have. So, Danny, if you're listening, charge more. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I was able to pick up uh, a Stranger Things piece and a really cool Little Mermaid uh, original from her. And just yesterday, uh, yesterday the day before she launched a Kickstarter she's doing uh, for a comic book. Yeah, it's oh, called cool. The Vigil. So if you just go Google Kickstarter Vigil comic, um, here's the cool thing is they already they funded it in less than a day. Uh, they Good weren't for asking her. for too much, so it's it's really cool. She's doing a lot of the art, and it's just absolutely fantastic. And I, I would strongly recommend uh, you go fund this because, one, she's a great person and a great friend. Mm-hmm. We love her to death, and uh, she's... I really want to see her go places and I want to see her, you know, go work for Blizzard, go do things because she's that talented and she's just amazing. Uh, so this is kind of cool because you can go back it and you, know, you can get like a first edition comic that's signed by her and the other people creating it. Uh, uh, I don't normally say what I do, but I backed it and I actually backed it to the point where I will be, I'll be drawn in as one of the characters in the first issue. Nice. So it's kind of fun for me. I've never done something like that before. Uh, but no, seriously, she, she's a good person. She's so cool. And this comic looks really interesting. Uh, so, yeah, just go Google Kickstarter, the Vigil comic, and uh, th- throw some money down. Even if it's only 10 bucks, you'll still get a digital comic. But this is someone who I can guarantee in five, ten years from now, you're going to be like, oh, crap, I remember her when dot, dot, mm-hmm. dot. So check her out check out the kickstarter and uh buy some of her work she she does a booth at comic-con every year 
What's her name again? Danny Powers. D-A-N-I Powers. Uh, she's on Facebook. Uh, so if you add her, just tell her I I said, hey, it's me. So she was like, who the fuck are you? Uh, yeah. Unless you're a creeper, so skin suit don't don't apply. Uh, <laughs> but no, she she's really talented. She did uh, she did Comic Con booth this year with a lot of stuff from like Overwatch and Blizzard stuff. I'm sure she'll do FanX and other things. But go check out her stuff. She's selling prints of her work. Uh, it, it's stuff you want on your walls. It's really cool. Very cool. Uh, maybe when the book comes out, I'll have to put her on the show. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, we should. Even if it's just the first issue, I think it'd be kind of a cool one shot. We could spend you know 20 minutes talking about it and yeah. have, have the creator on. That's always yeah. fun. So I would I'd be 100 down for that. Uh, Todd, do you have a recommendation? Yes, I do. I had gotten it today, reading through it, and it's called. Hold on, just a second. I want to get this name right. It is called Rosalie Lightning, a graphic memoir. Mm-hmm. And this one is a bit of a downer, but it's something that's amazing. Tom Hart wrote it. And he, um, it was a New York Times bestseller, for whatever that means. Uh, so he and his wife had a little girl that died on them, as sad as it is. And he wrote this memoir about them grieving through the process and then finding meaning and hope again after all of it. Mm-hmm. And the drawing style, I mean, it was very much of a thumbnail type drawing style. I mean, nothing too detailed or anything. Uh-huh. But reading parts of it I have now and going through, I mean, it's going to make me cry. Yeah, and probably want me to hug my wife some more after I'm done. <laughs> so if you need a good cry and then to go hug your significant other, Rosalie Lightning, it's great. I'm okay. really enjoying it. Yeah. Um, so my recommendation for this week, um, I uh, depending on if I cut that conversation out or not, kids. I, I had a friend from college who came to visit me where I work. We'll say it that way, and uh, she ended up sending me a couple of. Uh, of uh, comic books, um, and I, I have a feeling that Q helped uh, helped her guide her purchases because I know she's very good friends with Q. Um, but she bought me three very very interesting books. But this is the first one I read. It's called Monstrous. A uh, monstrous. Uh, sorry. Oh, I've heard of that before. Um, so yeah. So the first trade is out. Um, the art is fucking gorgeous. Uh, the artist has worked for uh, PlayStation for a while. Um, I read a little bit of her bio in the back. Um, but it has sort of like a, a, a steampunk kind of vibe. Um, it has a little bit of a... Uh, it's, it's just... It's absolutely beautiful. It has a little bit of steampunk, a little bit of art deco. Um, but it's... Just, it's the book, the, visually, the book is absolutely beautiful. Story-wise, reading-wise, um, the writer... Uh, the writer, her name is uh, Marjorie Lou. I guess she's an attorney in New York. Um, the, 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 so far, the story is good. I don't know if it's great yet because I haven't quite finished it. Um, it is a little Brian Michael Bendisy. It has a lot of dialogue. It is really dense, um, and it's uh, essentially it's about um, like these two warring factions of basically humans and then uh, the sort of. Uh, uh, like human witches, and then I'm trying to remember what they call the other group. But basically, they're sort of um, they're part animal, part fairy kind of thing. Like some some of them have tails, some of them have wings, and stuff so like that. So they're gay. Uh, not that type of fairy. Oh, okay, sorry. Um, so anyway, um, but uh, like uh, yeah, like they're kind of like sprites type thing. Um, they're mythical creatures, sort of thing. But anyway, there is a, a town. They've been warring for a while. There's a town that's been in the section of the, these warring, uh, you know, groups on this planet. And uh, this girl's been captured, and she's trying to find her way out. And she somehow has, she's basically the child of both 
uh, like she she can pass for human, um, but she also has the powers of the the sprites or whatever. And I, I I'm I'm sure someone who's really read this book is like, what the fuck are you talking about? But <laughs> they're yelling at their iPod right now. IPhone right now. <laughs> like what the hell? That's not what it's about at all. So uh, so far I'm enjoying it though, and like price of admission for the art alone is worth it like the art is absolutely beautiful uh story is, is a little hard to figure out like I, I, it's a little slow moving moving reading wise um just because it's really dialogue heavy and there's a lot of and and to be fair i don't read a whole lot of like really sword and sorcery type of uh fantasy stuff i don't read a whole lot of like real sort of fantasy fantasy type stuff in general it's like my few forays into it i'm really enjoying it a lot um, so I think it's worth checking out if that's the kind of thing. Um, it's one of those things where I kind of think it's on similar lines to Saga, but I feel like Saga's better. Um, but if you love Saga and you wanted so much more of that style of thing, this might be an interesting place to look for something a little bit different. Um, uh, so yeah, so it's called uh, Monstrous. And uh, first trade's out now, and uh, they're still publishing, and, and uh, we'll see how that all goes for them. Hopefully it goes well. So. It's, it's going to bug me till I die. Until I, I, I've heard the name of this comic before, and I can't for the life of me think where it came from. It's probably from Geek Show or something, but it, it mm-hmm. sounds really familiar. I mean, if nothing else, like look up the art, because it's gorgeous like it's it's beautiful beautiful and also i mean let's be honest on the show we have a tendency to uh prefer books with uh with strong female characters and things like that i mean it's hard to find a male character in this whole book to be honest with you (laughs) um uh so uh so yeah so there's that um anyway yeah so i think that'll do it so depending on how we work out the schedule um because we don't know how we're going to all this work out. We're going to do one of three books coming up next. We're going to do uh, Q's uh, Excalibur Book 3, um, which mm-hmm. uh, I've read most of, and uh, yeah. Uh, or um, <laughs> That's a very Q review. Uh, um, uh, the other one we were going to do is my recommendation, which is Chimichanga, which is a, a book that uh, one of my favorite authors, uh, Eric Powell, who writes... Uh, the goon um, he wrote for his kids and it's about basically the the bearded lady is a little girl um, and she mm-hmm. has a, a friend pet monster and uh, and they have adventures um, and uh, I love it dearly um, part of the reason I picked it for uh, this holiday season just because I felt like it was kind of like a heartwarming fun story and uh, it was light and nice and fun and, and I think mm-hmm. kind of in a similar vein to Scott Pilgrim it's it's a, a nice fun you know story i guess um and then of course todd picked up uh, picked out uh, uh batman black and white uh, the first volume of that by various different authors um mm-hmm. what several different issues i guess todd I, you can maybe yeah it's, it's a bunch of um every different author they have a short story sometimes the stories are short as um five or six pages and so it's got about a dozen authors in there and it's just um little vignettes uh the requirement is there's no color and it's all in black and white and but there's some nice little aspects to it mm-hmm. so yeah yeah so one of those books coming up next week scheduling wise we're planning on doing Excalibur next but we'll see how we can get that all worked out since Q is in tech rehearsals and it makes it very difficult for us to get a hold of everyone and I, I will be stuck in hell so and, and, and Adam will be stuck in hell so so we'll if you see, see me if you I know this is like Pat this is way in the past but if you saw <laughs> me at work while I was stuck in hell and you had a flask with you I will love you forever just know <laughs> that just know that I will I have loved you forever and I will I will give birth to your child. I just might do that, Q. Yeah, Adam. <laughs> you almost called me Q. I almost did, <laughs> but I didn't. I just might do that for you. Hey, it's, that's that. You can call me Q all you want. I love Q. <laughs> 
we love him as well, and hopefully he'll be back next week. Um, and uh, yes. hopefully we'll be doing Excalibur, and and he'll be bad at me for, like, I, I will give my two cents review on Excalibur going into it. It's fun, actually. It's it's old school X Men, um, and individual issues. It's fun. I and I'm like I'm I'm right towards the very end, and now I'm finally starting to get like a storyline that I'm like, oh, maybe this is why Q wanted us to read it. So it might be worth listening to the beginning of next week's episode because if you want to read along with us you may be fit maybe skipping the first few books of that that trade because uh, the real story that i think he's going after doesn't really kick into like the last three books or so mm. um spoilers well that that's my personal opinion there is some stuff in the stuff previous to it um but like it, it, it in my reading of it i i feel like it's it's like reading a, a book that comes out every two weeks. It's sometimes they're treading water, getting to the next thing, and it bounces back and forth a little bit, and like it's a little disjointed. Like I do like it. I think it's fun. It has some really fun moments to it. Um, I'm I'm trying not to poo poo it too much because um, I do like it, but I I'm not as in love with it as some of the other stuff that we've read. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, so hopefully we'll do it that week, and we'll have to keep back with us. And then if not. <laughs> May God have mercy on our souls. Your uh, so. saying "poo poo" just reminded me of uh, one of my favorite Bloodhound Gang songs. <laughs> uh, I wish I was oh, queer uh, so I'll I can get the chicks. Power? Mm, yeah, if uh, your ass yeah. with a Chinese restaurant, I'd have the poo poo platter. And well, then no, we're all going to hell. Yeah, no, we're going to go to hell when we die. Uh, no, I'm I. Hell when I speaking of, uh, of of the Bloodhound Gang, one of my favorite. Well, so. I have a Spotify playlist of songs that I've randomly started singing when at work. Like, and it's like, because like I have a lot of strange songs stuck in my head that just sort of come out while I'm singing. And I started singing "The Lap Dance" is so much better when the stripper is crying uh, <laughs> at, at work. And people are like, "What are you?" It's like, I'm like, "Okay, are you even?" <laughs> no. So like, I played it for uh, my buddy uh, um, uh, Junebug, who we had when we when Prince died. We had him do a little thing because he actually met Prince. Um, so Junebug, I was playing it for him, who was like, like this former Navy SEAL hardcore guy, and he was laughing so hard he was nearly crying at that <laughs> song. Um, so uh, anyway, hey Junebug, if you're listening. Um, so anyway, cool. So please join us next week. Um, check our website for the information as to what we're actually reading if you want to read along, which we always love if you do. Um, and uh, you know, recommend us to friends and coworkers and enemies and neighbors and uh, you know whatever. So uh, uh, until then, uh, we will see you next week and uh, and have a good one, y'all. Dun dun dun! <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. This band of knuckleheads will be back next week with a new episode. Until then, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr as Funny Books and Firewater, and on Twitter as at FirewaterCast. Go to funnybooksandfirewater.com for the most up-to-date information, as well as cocktail recipes from this and past episodes. Thank you for joining us. And until next week, support your local comic shop, tip your bartender well, and stay hydrated.